This is CliffCentral.com. 360biz on CliffCentral.com. It is 360biz.com. My name is Debohoma Fodi. Welcome to another exciting installment of 360biz. You know, this is a beautiful Wednesday evening, a show that brings you all things business. You know, we bring in subject matter expert, we bring in regulators, we bring in industry champions, and a whole lot of other uh, type of people that we bring to do nothing but inform you and educate you about what is happening in and around business. This is a show that I always say we discuss all things business right here on 360biz. I'm not alone in studio. I'm with amazing guests. Um, that we have, you'll get to hear some of these guests as to who they are, what are they on about, and what actually qualifies them uh, to sit on this chair. I always say we bring in guests that are very relevant uh, for the kind of things that we do. It's actually very, very, very exciting to be back uh, on air. I've not been on air for the past two weeks. I've been missing everyone. But anyway, I am back right here. You know, I always say business people don't become late. However, they become delayed. I'm not alone, unfortunately, in studio today. My boy, Bulelani, but, but couldn't be here. He had other commitments uh, to attend to because outside what we do here in terms of informing, we, we are business people. We are people that bring you all things um, business and we are people that are really out there in the economy to really try and shape up things that are happening out there. In South Africa, it has been hectic. Uh, that indeed, I must say, uh, we're just coming from the, you know, budget speech. Um, and, you know, a colleague of mine here in Stuart saying oh, two days after, then the minister gets fired. You know, that was actually something else in terms of the reshuffling um, that has been happening around. But we'll get to hear all about what has been happening and how are you affected as an ordinary person on the street. We've got financial planners. Uh, we've got even a coach in studio who's going to tell us how are we affected um, as people in terms of um, this budget speed. What does it mean to a layman on the street? Because some of us might not understand what um, how, how are we affected by the economy and some of the speech that um, definitely um, the minister is allowed to be bringing in in hello 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 again and more than anything you are allowed to join in our discussion we've got our social media platform we are at cliffcentral.com on twitter we are at cliffcentral.com on instagram and we are cliff central page uh, on facebook if you want to follow me i am at double homer 40 uh, on twitter i am at double homer 40 on instagram and it's double homer 40 on facebook page as well let me get right straight to it. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have ladies guys in studio today. You know, it's one of those things. So it's a, it's a gentleman, it's a gentleman's uh, thing. You know, it's it's barrett's very steady, guys. You know, <laughs> you know, when it's the gents only, it means we're doing our thing. But more than anything, let me take an opportunity to to welcome you, gents. Uh, welcome to 360 Biz. Thank you for taking your time to come and inform um, our listeners. Maybe what are we starting? Are we starting black BE? Are we starting white EE? No, yeah. let's, let's, let's start with the BE. Oh, let's start with the BE. No, we'll, we'll finish with the white no, okay. EE. Okay, no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> my brother, tell us who you are and what is it that you do? Okay, my name is Obre Moraga. I'm a financial planner. Mm-hmm. So basically, I help people to plan for their journey of life from the state of employment to the state of retirement even beyond retirement 
Oh, okay. No, definitely. My brother? Yes. Uh, my name is Mr. Malulegase. Uh, I'm a business development coach and a world speaker. What I do is I coach small business owners on how to run and operate their business professionally and grow them into uh, global business empires and legacies. Yeah. Yes, that's basically what I do. Oh, okay. You say you grow them into being global businesses. Yes, business yeah, empires. This, eh? this, <laughs> this man, is, this man has, has got big claim. My brother? Yeah, um, well, I'm Bryden Morton and, um, Try that again. Okay. I'm Bryden Morton is my market, the right. Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am an executive director at 21st Century, which is a reward consultancy. Um, I am a passionate economist, I would say, in my spare time and uh, regularly write articles more around the, the people side of the economy. And, um, yeah, I guess that's, that's how I came to be part of your panel today. Oh, okay. No, definitely. It is, it is a panel, um, that is actually taking place today. I mean, we are coming uh, from the budget speech, like I've said. I mean, and what the everyday person needs to know about it. I mean, the build up to the 2018, um, South African budget speech was surrounded by a well of mixed emotions. Mm. Like I've said earlier, I mean, on the one hand, concerns were raised about the wandering budget, uh, deficit, um, was further attributed. And by the announcement of free tertiary education as well, that came, um, you know, to qualifying household and an estimated 57 billion that will be spent over the medium term three years to wow. fund free tertiary education. Mm-hmm. Guys, why didn't this thing come when we were in tertiary? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Conversely, recent political activities which culminated in former President Zuma resigning mm-hmm. and President Ramaphosa being sworn in yeah. the president that had been a positive effect to the South African economy indicators. I remember earlier on when he was coming actually into power, they say whenever he smiles, the economy improves. <laughs> <laughs> so the question of however, wondering yes. budget deficit, I mean, would be financed was the tip of many South African tongues. The consequences, the sense and the directly or indirectly South African citizens that are affected by the finance mm. and additional revenue that needs to be raised yes. in terms of servicing some of these things. If as to highlight the seriousness of the task ahead of him, I don't know if ever he'll be able to actually pull it off. But Minister Kikawa joked uh, with President Ramaphosa and asked, how much time do I have before getting into the main elements? Uh, of his speech, uh, you know what can, what can I say? I'm gonna they say as the minister of Twitter got yes. fired yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it has been really indeed um, a, a, a concern. Minister Kikaba began by painting a picture of an economy that is underperforming, but that has been improving since the medium-term budget speech was given in 2017. Since then, the economic growth outlook has improved, albeit still has reduced levels, and the rain has strengthened and investor sentiment has improved. On the negative side, the budget deficit stands at 48.2 billion and has begun on the increasing recent years. This means that an expenditure exceeded revenue by 48.2 billion. I mean, the budget deficit is to be reduced by raising tax revenues by 36 billion in 2018-2019 and reducing expenditure by 85 million over the next three years. I know as well that the VAT is currently being improved or has been increased um, by 1%. I mean, these are the things that I think we definitely, I mean, going to, to hear and get into details with. In response to this, the budget directs, I mean, expanding towards priority areas, which includes education, protecting the vulnerable, investing in enabling economic participation, the additional 36 billion in tax revenue to be revised 
will be raised as follows in terms of adding the value added tax like i've said from 14% to 15% then tax brackets will be injured will be adjusted to average by less than inflation provision has been made to protect the lowest income tax brackets from the effects of additional taxes i don't know this is a, these are some of the things that i think i want us to get into because right now mm-hmm. what we've been told is that now the richer will be taxed <coughs> more Yes. Do you understand? So contrary from somebody that's in business, I know the business people, they dictate how much they want to earn. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. So now, is this really affecting the rich or is this really affecting the poor? But I think it's some of the things that I really want us um, to get into. But I think without wasting time, maybe let me let me start with you, my brother. Do you understand? So that at least you give us a glimpse as to from, from what you heard on the speech, you know, what does it mean to you and what does all this represent? Well, when, when you look at um, raising government revenue, typically people think of taxes in, in three forms. They, they mm-hmm. think of the personal income tax, they think of value-added tax, and they think of companies tax. Those are the ones that are um, the most readily uh, available and spoken about in the media and in uh, personal conversations. Mm-hmm. Over the last, I'd say, five to ten years, the, the personal income tax increases have been the the, the main source of where additional revenue has been found. Okay. But mm-hmm. given South Africa's um, unequal society, approximately 78% of the personal income tax revenue is uh, raised via 1.7 million people. Um, as South Africa as a whole, 56.5 uh, million people is our mid-year estimate last year. Mm-hmm. So you can see that far too many rely on far too few when you use that um, vehicle for, for raising revenue. Now, if you look in economics, there is a curve referred to as the Laffer curve, which shows that as you increase the percentage at which you will tax um, an economy, it will steadily increase the amount um, that has been raised in tax revenue up until a point when it actually starts declining because people then view it as being an oppressive tax system and they try mm-hmm. and get away from it mm-hmm. or they just stop paying taxes, etc. Yeah. So in this case, it was important for South Africa to expand its tax base rather than keep on hitting the traditional channels. Yes. Now, in terms of the, the private um, uh, the personal income tax, We've already said, okay, that that has been uh, milked in the the, the most uh, recent past. Mm. The company's tax, unfortunately, the the percentage um, that's uh, taxed on profits is high relative to world standards. And we need need to remain competitive to attract investment into South Africa so that we can create jobs and get more people participating within the economy. So at this point in time, to to raise companies' tax would be uh, a little bit of a – a gamble because if the markets uh, simply say no, we reject the increase and uh, disinvest, or um, it sways a decision not to invest, then um, it would actually have a negative effect rather than a positive effect. So the last pillar left is VAT, which by world standards um, at 14%, uh, South Africa's VAT was quite low. Um, it hadn't been adjusted since 1993, and it was a, a way of being able to expand the tax base. The main concern with um, taxing or raising VAT is that because it's a flat tax, it tends to hit the poor harder than it hits the rich because the rich can afford the additional 100 rand right, per yes, 10,000 yes. rand of consumption. Compared where, to the poor. Yeah, no, yes. of course. I mean, that, that guy's fighting hard for his one rand, let alone the 100 <laughs> rand. Um, so... 
you know, if it, if if the the the, the flat tax on or if the the flat increase on VAT wasn't accompanied by the um, inflation plus increase on social grants, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Um, Helped out by the basket of zero-rated goods, then I would completely disagree with increasing VAT. However, because provision has been made to protect the most vulnerable of individuals from that 1% increase, Mm -hmm. therefore I agree with expanding the tax base in the way that Treasury decided to do so. Is it? So so, so now, I mean, um, (laughs) yeah, no. This thing, because for me, um, the, the pretense... It's as if this it's there to affect the rich, the rich yes. but but right now it affects the ordinary the person on the person street because because yes. we all pay vet. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're buying mm-hmm. this water, we pay vet. When mm-hmm. we buy bread, we, we pay vet. Yes, you know. I mean, value added tax is something that that is. I mean, That's that is generated. Yes. I mean, like you've alluded to, say the ordinary person on the street or the somebody that is poor may not be able to fork out an additional mm-hmm. ten rands mm-hmm. or whatsoever mm-hmm. paying for 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 something. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, coming to you, my brother. Yes. Um, you work with small business. Yes, I do. do you understand? Yes. So, and which for me, I want you to, to, to be here representing small business. Yes. To say to a, small, to a small business, to somebody that is starting out in business, uh, to somebody that is starting out, whether they're selling at the taxi uh, rank or yes. doing whatsoever, yes. you know, what does this mean to them? This is killing a, a lot of small business, my, my brother, because you find out that there are a lot of small business that are trying to, to, to grow in the township. I'll talk about township because that's, that's where my passion is. And now paying more VAT is really crippling them. Whereas the, even the government is, is not, actually hasn't considered them. You understand? Hasn't okay. con- considered them, the charges and everything is, is going up. Then how do they grow their business? How do they, they get business out there? Whereas even the administration of the government agencies is, is not on standard. Everything is, is going left instead of it going, going right. You understand? Now, registering a business, I've dealt with small business who wanted to get their BEs, certificate, uh, CKs, tech, whatever, accounting and stuff like that. Now, yeah. I, I think it's going to hit them hard because they can't afford it anymore. Because mm. at last, last time there, there was someone who wanted to open a tracking business, but they couldn't afford even, even a 470 to register a business to get a CK. Just look at now, now, now that the, the VAT has, has gone up. So it's gonna kill, kill them hard. Hmm. Yes. So, so I think, I think, um, for you, my brother, this, this should be exciting news. Um, cause <laughs> you, <laughs> you, yes. you deal with financial personal planning. I mean, right now, um, the old age, um, you know, pension will increase from about 1.6 mm-hmm. to about a thousand seven from the 1st of October. Um, and I mean, uh, over two years with an increase of about 6.25 and the child grant support will be increasing from 380 to 410. I mean, with a, um, an over increase of about 7.9, uh, within the next um, two years. So you dealing mainly with professionals, people that are employed, people that are doing their financial planning, mm. um, and stuff. So how do you think the budget speech is affecting an ordinary person? I I think we need to always look into the positive things of thing side of things, unlike to try to look into things with a critical eye. We we must understand that the economic environment, whether it is from the micro point of view or the macro point of view, mm-hmm. it will always affect uh, how we do business. So we must try to bring that into our side and plan in alignment with it. Mm-hmm. So I'll just comment on the issue of that. At the end of the day, that hits the consumer more than the business mm-hmm. owners. Hmm. Because hmm. as a business owner, I pass the buck 
over True. to mm. whoever is going to buy. True. Mm. So irrespective of what my costing has been when I was accumulating the product or the service that I'm going to offer, I'm going to charge whoever is going to buy that product a vet. Mm. So now, to a person who is just selling their labor in the labor market and who need to be to do financial planning for their future, now they are going to look into how does this vent mm. affect my personal budget. And looking into my personal budget, then what is my disposable income that I'm going to utilize to take care of the area of my risk mm. and to take into mm. the area of my retirement annuities and things like that. So that will now say to an individual person, go back and reevaluate your budget mm. and look into how the CIP is going to affect your budget from that point of view. And then call your financial planner. And then say, here is my true reflection of where I am, and how also is, let's say your 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 salary increase mm. uh, as they raise the salary increase to which new tax brackets is that increase taking you? Is that increase benefiting you or is it not benefiting you on the basis of the new tax uh, increment that has been proposed? So that is really saying, sit down and do a personal tailor made. Budget. A, a, a budget for yourself. Okay. Wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe let me ask you this. What's the importance of having a financial planner though? Cause, cause I'll make an example. If to, to a layman on the street, mm. yes. you need to be making some serious <coughs> money. Um, you know, you know, um, in terms of, um, to have a financial planner. Yes. Do you understand? You need to be able to be managing serious money and this and this. The, the financial planning, is it for those that can afford or what is it? Is it for people that have money? Why, why, maybe tell us first what's the role of a financial planner, then get into that. Thank you for that question because many people confuse this financial planner okay. with salespeople. Let me lay an a, a analogy of a medical practitioner. Okay. Be, so that uh, people can understand it very clearly. When you go to a medical doctor, are you going for advice on health issues or are you going to buy medicine? Okay. So if, if you understand the importance of a medical doctor in mm-hmm. the, the role that the medical doctor plays into your health, mm-hmm. then you'll understand the role that the financial planner plays into your finances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody can go to a chemist and buy a, a, a certain tablets because he's feeling otherwise. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that person is doing self-diagnosis and that self-diagnosis might be wrong. So the role of a financial planner is to locate where you are financially mm-hmm. and to see where you are going. Mm. Many people get occupied on where they are going okay. and they ignore the <clears throat> risk that they are exposed That's to, true. which can collapse everything that they've been planning to build. Okay. So a financial planner is going to sit down with you and analyze your situation and l- make you realize the risk that you are exposed to as you are planning to build. So when every area of risk is covered, then we can build on 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 accumulation of wealth. Yes. Okay. Then maybe tell, what are some of the risk you've referred to risk? Yes. Give us an example of some of the risk, this risk that maybe a person can 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 have. Let's say a person is planning to retire with a twenty million rents in an account. Okay. But that person is potentially faced with the risk of death. And should you die, the very same people that you are planning for to uh, to get the 20 million mm-hmm. are going to be left exposed. Mm-hmm. So now we first mm-hmm. say, 
take care of the risk. Should you die? Because they call us, should you die? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> should you die? What's going to happen to the people who are dependent on the income that you are bringing every day? Okay. Another potential risk is disability. You can be disabled, and when you are disabled, maybe you are unable to perform your daily your daily duties where you are employed, okay. and that kicks you out of the employment regime. Mm. So, what is going to happen to the uh, uh, finances that you have been bringing to the household? Mm-hmm. So, those are some of the elements of risk. Should you get sick, mm. and and you are unable to go to work? What's going to happen to the income? Because at the end of the day, when we are talking of financial planning, we are focusing on the income that you are bringing every month to the table. So we must protect that income from any potential. What are you trying to say about this man? He's self-employed. He's not bringing income every month. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What applies to him? So so if I'm doing financial planning for him, Firstly, we'll say you are the business. Okay. And if you are not there, the business is not there. Mm. Mm. If you collapse, you, the business collapses with you. So now we need to bring a risk plan that says, should you be hospitalized? Mm. The family must get mm. money. Mm. Should you be unable to speak? Let's talk on issues of disability because there are different types of disability. The different companies define disability in different ways. Mm. So for him, the key disability is the ability to speak. If his voices disappear for whatever reason, mm-hmm. then he's disabled. He cannot perform his duties. Mm. So we'll say, let's look into a, a, a policy that can take care of that so that in case that situation happens, mm. then Money keep on coming. coming. Mm. At the end of the day, it's about the money that is coming mm. on the table. Hmm. <laughs> and the mo- uh, again, to add on what he said, even mm. in, with small business, I I think they need they need financial planners because for a practical example, you find a small business owner who get a contract of, for argument's sake, hundred thousand. Okay, and they think they are already su- successful with that hundred thousand. They start misusing it. You understand because having a hundred thousand thousand in your bank account is a small business. It's not a success, but it's, it's part of the business growth. Mm. So they also need a financial plan who can sit with them down after getting that contract, sit them with them down and teach them how to, to plan for their finance, how to manage their finance, mm. the, the importance of savings. You understand? It's a small business owner because most of, of them, they're really killing their business because they don't have that financial background. Once they have money, they think we all big, we out there, we rich, we successful. So to add on, on, on what uh, Mr. Mraga said, I think even small business owner, they should consider that. They should consider looking for financial planner before or after signing the contract or having the, the money in their account. Okay. The, yes. the business owner, the small business owner must, must look for, for, um, for financial planner, the individuals must look for financial planner. Yes. As a country, are we looking for a financial plan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think, I think Mr. Mopoza should hire one, eh? Should yeah. hire one yeah. to look at our country's finances, man. Yeah. I think when you, you know, it, it, it's such a tricky landscape when you're dealing with national finance because on the one side, the, the government serves the people mm. And it needs to be a tax system Which the, the people view as having value okay. And um, Unfortunately As um, you know it, Unfortunately it's a narrative Every time you talk about the economy The, mm. the, the inequality mm. which mm. exists within our economy it, it, it basically causes most people To feel alienated by um, 
the, 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 the system. In terms of on the side of revenue collection, those that are in a position to be taxed at the higher rates, um, that have their, their fingers in the various pies which, um, are getting taxed, all the various fringe taxes and so on, they complain because they view it as it being, um, unfair that they pay so much. But at the same time, there are other people that wish they were in that position that they were able to pay that amount. Mm. So, it's a very tricky landscape when looking at um, national finances. And, and at the end of the day, I think what generally tends to happen is you try and find the middle ground which is at least acceptable or understandable um, to the various parties. And I thought that that, um, that element was present within this year's budget speech. It made sense. It was, it was explained to us why yes. we went in that direction. And when people can understand what's going on, they are more likely to to be able to um, accept, uh, is one word, but mm-hmm. at least uh, tolerate, if not mm-hmm. accept, what mm-hmm. has happened. But mm-hmm. do, do you think uh, uh, anything will, will change, though? With, with the budget speech, how it was tailored? Do, do you think anything will change from the, the last year budget speech? Um, the, the one element which I was um, very impressed with was how we looked forward into the future and said we are currently just growing this budget yes, deficit. Yes. And other, either we need to do something drastic now in mm, the medium term mm. to, to arrest it and bring it down, mm. or what we're going to do is we're going to now basically say, okay, we're going to spend and carry on on the path we think is right regardless mm. of money, and we're going to make our children pay for it in the next generation. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, we've seen it, um, you know, when, when there was all the, the trouble up in Europe, uh, Portugal, Italy, Greece, when they all got into their big debt traps, it was mm, because mm. these budget deficits were allowed to grow. Oh, yes. And over time, what happens is you don't earn enough uh, revenue to be able to even finance the the interest on these um, on the debt that you've accrued. So unless you do something to start chopping away at that debt, it's just the mm. balloon which expands, 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 expands and yeah. eventually you've got to get bailed out by somebody. Mm. Yeah. I, so, I think so. Mm? Okay. Uh, okay. Sorry, sorry about that. I, I just wanted to add on what he was saying. Okay. And and really breaking down that issue of saying, does the country need a financial planner? Do mm. we need a financial planner as the country? The truth of the matter is the financial minister is the financial <laughs> because okay. because as a financial planner you must mm. have a mm. foresight mm. of saying what will happen five years down the line, line. what will happen ten years down the line. Okay. Mm. So the deficit that my brother is talking about here, if you as the minister do not have a foresight of how is it going to affect the coming generation mm. where mm. we are talking of succession planning. Mm. Mm. Then you are going to take the country down the drain. Mm. So as a as a as a as a result of that, now you are going to scare the investors from within, mm. and you are going to scare away the investor from without. Mm. You scare the investors from within through the taxation issues, and they pull back on the basis of the tax that they are paying out, and then the investors from without are being scared based on the. Political climax that can result as a, a that can come as a result of the decisions that you are making, and they say no, we don't trust what this is unfolding mm, to. Mm. 
So basically, my point is the financial minister is right. there. Okay, yeah. maybe Brayden, um, do you want to quickly tell us you, um, your your job? What does it entail? I, I, I want you to tell me that before <coughs> I ask you the second question. <laughs> well, the specifics of my current job is uh, I'm an executive director with more of a focus around the um, technical, statistical side of the business. Mm. So basically, I am a glorified numbers jockey who also carries <laughs> the the um, the uh, fiduciary duties uh, associated with being executive director and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I would say my specialty more lies on the side of um, statistical analysis um, and specifically around the side of individuals' pay and also um, what happens to people's um, well, how the uh, economy affects their personal finance decisions. Okay, mm-hmm. and you decided to break down the the, the budget speech. So, so maybe um, uh, tell us. Uh, maybe you'll tell us uh, why you just being kind in terms of breaking down the budget speech, um, and as to why you are doing that, and probably take us to some of the points that stood out for you in the budget speech from mm-hmm. what you've broken down. Um, well, the, the the main reason for writing that piece was to to present the budget in a everyday person's perspective. Mm. Quite often we get met with um, large pieces of jargon, um, you know, people will speak quite quickly, use acronyms, and you know the, the everyday person will get lost, lost in terms of the translation yeah. of, of what they are reading. Now, the point of that uh, particular article was to basically say, right, the core concepts are, here's, here are the, the main um, Taxation vehicles that we're used You're to. You're going to give us a few, eh? Yes, yeah. Okay. So I've already spoken about the personal income tax, the VAT, and the um, company's tax. Mm. And we've already said, okay, this is why VAT was chosen. Then from there, most people hear VAT and they freak out mm-hmm. because they know that um, most people, it's just about every cent that you spend will be um, hit by VAT. Uh, you know, the, the, the zero rated basket of goods is actually relatively small. Uh, if you go and you look at what's in there, mm. there, mm. there, there's a, in, in my opinion, there is a distinct lack of, uh, nutritional food such as fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Um, you know, lots of bread and starches and so on. And that, that's great. That, that will fill your tummy, but mm. people need more than just a full tummy. <laughs> they, they, they need yes, nutrition. Yes. N- nutrition food. Yeah. So, um, you know, Basically, I wanted to write it from the perspective of what will get people's attention mm-hmm. and also what what are they really after? What is the crux of what was uh, spoken about? And if I had to summarize it, basically, the, 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 the usual personal income tax base, um, the, the taxation there is somewhat saturated, so people are hesitant to, to increase the taxation there. On the side of companies tax, we've said we want to, um, we, we, we want to go out there and actively enable people to participate in the economy. Part of that is creating jobs, which requires foreign direct investment, local investment as well, but foreign direct investment often is, um, a lot easier to, to, to get on board, um, given the right conditions. Now, the, so, so they didn't want to go with the, the company's tax, so they settled on VAT in order to protect the poor because the, the main, uh, opposition to, to VAT is that the poor are going to get met with, um, increases in their, their, uh, their, their expenses when actually they are the people that should be shielded. 
that got mitigated through increasing uh, the grants by more than inflation. And also, um, they, they, they talk about the zero rated goods also protecting the individuals. And mm. to an extent that is true, but I'm not aware of any additions onto that zero rated basket. So Mm-mm. I would hope Mm-mm. there might be some consideration there, uh, particularly on the side of nutritional foods. Uh, I think they, there should be a couple of those added in there. Mm-hmm. Um, then the, the end slide is we've got this gap, this fiscal gap between our expenses and our, our revenue. Hmm. Now, taking it back to personal finance, such as my uh, as my uh, peer was saying over here, if you are a person and you're spending more than what you earn, you go broke. Hmm. Yes, <laughs> that's, true. that's true. true. And the same is true of a country, hmm. excepting that a country has you know a country has more banks wanting to lend it money, money while yes. it's broke, whereas people get to a certain point and then the banks are like, no, I actually want it back. <laughs> it just takes longer for a country to get there. Yes. So a country needs to be more responsible about keeping that in check because often at the point of uh, realizing, wait, we are in fiscal trouble here, hmm. that horse has bolted. And then it's a hell of a road back. Um, I mean, we've seen what happened to Greece specifically. Hmm. Um, It it was a painful transition for them. And they're going to suffer through that transition for, you know, maybe decades to come. Hmm. Who knows? Yeah. But now you, you, you look at, you look at countries like South Arabia, Dubai, and many others that have quite good tax benefits. Uh, that's why we find now politicians and business people <laughs> are spending money there. Others want to get jobs there, mm. and whatsoever. Do you see us getting there as a country? Baby steps. We 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 need to be cognizant of where we are, and take active steps to to build ourselves up there. In the budget speech, we mentioned. Um, I I don't have the specific figure on hand, but funds mm-hmm. have been set aside for the entrepreneurs, as my yes, peer over yes. here would be very interested in, <laughs> and um, the. The, the 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 whole purpose of that is South Africa views that its strongest opportunities of growth are around small and medium businesses entering the markets and creating more jobs that way. Mm. Unfortunately, there's certain sectors in the, our uh, economy which are quite dominated by too few players, okay. and mm. these these smaller um, businesses often are a disruptive force in that type of environment, and they take on the large incumbent. And in mm. doing so, create jobs. Um, they also force the, the larger incumbent to either innovate or start losing market share. And it, it's really, if, 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 if done correctly, if you can get a, a program in place which stimulates small and medium-sized businesses, it can be a real catalyst for change within an economy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And we, we, we looked at you earlier on, we, you alluded on, on, on the negative Yes, of yes. of how the the budget speech and the increase of the VAT and whatsoever mm. uh, is affecting uh, small so business. Small businesses, uh, yes. But now, um, how uh, how now? Let's let's talk about the positive. Mm. Or, uh, what did you pick up? Could be helping small businesses. The, the allocation of of fund and how the the red tape in the government has been changed because now small business will be paid within three three days. Mm. Unlike in the past where you will wait for months, months, months to get your money that you have worked for. In the meantime, your, your business is dying. Okay. So I, I think the positive, I can give positive, uh, uh, of the, of, 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 of the thing, of the economy to 40%. Okay. Then the negative will be 60%. Because I don't see anything changing now on how government 
distribute the funding to small business owners and how it's improving its services to small business owners and how those guys knowing the front desk are going to improve the, uh, uh, how they save small business own owners. Mm. So I, I think for me, there's nothing, there's no change that's going to come up anytime soon mm. on how they, they treat small business own owners. Mm. Brady, yes. do you agree with I, I'll have to say I'm, I'm somewhat naive in terms of the, the mechanisms in terms of how government goes about actually mm. rolling out these things. You yes. know, I, I'm, I sort of sit and comment from the high level where I'll hear, okay, there are plans to mm. do X, Y, and Z. You want people with money. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it sounds to me like you, you've got far more knowledge as to the specifics around um, – how they've gone about shorting the the waiting time for the smaller businesses uh, on issues such as payment. Um, Mm, mm. And um, let me actually rather divert your question slightly towards my peer here and ask him, if you were given the the fund for those billions of rands which are sitting there waiting for small businesses, how do you see an opportunity to roll that out? Okay, the first thing that I was going to do, I was going to fund small business and I was going to, you know, the, those guys who are running small business in the township who don't have knowledge. Knowledge is power. I was going to first empower them, give them knowledge, give them training on how to operate their business. There are those guys in the robots who are selling uh, cold drinks, sweets and stuff like, like that. I was going to formalize those, those people because those people are great in running their business, but they are not formal. When they are still informal. You find a guy at that ro- robot being there for three years. Ask yourself, how did he manage to be there for three years? Mm. But the government is not saying anything about those 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 guys. And when it comes to payment, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. But you find an entrepreneur servicing the government, servicing the government. The first contract was not paid. The second con- contract is not paid. The third contract is not, is not paid. You understand? Then you ask yourself, how did that happen? Why was both First and the second contract not, not, not paid up until the third one. Mm. How business been, been done and how they allocate their funding. You, you understand? Yeah. There are those guys who are still given first, first choices, first preference and stuff like this. So I will look at those stuff. And the most important thing, I will change how people op- operate because most of the government agencies, this, this one is crippling small business, business. Those guys, they don't have knowledge ab- about entrepreneurship. Those are the guys who are employed to just give basic service to, you know, just get rid of the small business. You understand? So mm. I will get business coaches like myself. You understand? Employ them in the government agency, even though I don't employ them, but subcontract them to run such, such uh, uh, services. Because those guys really, really, you find a guy who don't know how to register a business, who don't know uh, how to do financial planning and stuff like that, how to coach a business person and stuff like, like that. So it's really killing small business out, out there. So that, that was going to be my, my plan on how I spent that two Billion budget if it was given to me. To me. <laughs> How would you spend? Uh, I I I will go to our education system. Okay. Mm. Our education system has not prepared uh, people on how to gain wealth, mm. but it has prepared them on how to develop skills and sell labor. When you go to let's say a typical high school in a township. Mm. You say, what is your plan? He will look for, he will talk, talk to you about a successful company and how he will want to get into that successful company, how much he will earn, and then 
the packaging that the company will give them. But in terms of where do you want to see yourself when you are 25 years? Mm. When mm. do you want to see yourself when you are 30? At what age do you want to have children? Mm. What is the plan that you are going to have in place when you want to have children? Mm. At what age do you want to get married? What type of marriage do you want to engage into? What will that type uh, contract of marriage, what will be the implication it will have into your finances? So those things are not taught. So for us to create a sustainable economy, we must first uh, uh, incapacitate our people on financial knowledge and how, how to handle money as a system. Mm. So because money is a system. So when they are educated in those bases, then we say, then you are exposed to these types of risk and you must have systems in place on how to eliminate those types of risk. Okay. Now we consolidate the, the government. I'll commend the government on talking on issues of cooperatives. Now we say, stop being an island, mm. come together mm-hmm. and formulate something that will create wealth. Mm. So when you come together as a collective and formulate something that will create wealth, okay. when the individual is out of the game, the system is still functional and the individual that is out of the game can be easily replaced. Mm. But if you are building wealth on your own means alone, when you are out of the game, that, that whole business collapses. Mm. Mm. And then we need to spend another, invest another years of uh, education and empowerment to develop, to replace you. But if we establish cooperatives, then the cooperative makes a much easier ways of sustaining the economy. Mm. And lastly, uh, the, the, the insurance sector is also reducing cost on, on, on investment that come as a collective more than the investment that comes as an individual. And that reduction of cost is really trying to motivate people. Like you get into the black economy uh, uh, from townships. People are into societies and things like that. Mm, so mm. the insurance companies are opening doors and say, come and bring your money here and invest and see, understand different types of portfolios which exist. I'll also commend the government on bringing tax-free investments. So in a tax-free investment, you are encouraged to say, bring your money into this platform, get your revenues without necessarily being taxed when you are within certain tax brackets. So those systems need to be uh, 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 taken to the people, let the people be educated about these things, and they invent and innovate systems that will say, let's take advantage of what is there out there. Hmm. So that money will... Uh, bring us generations of wealth to come. Is it? So yes. I'd like to hear you, Brendan, answering your own question. Okay. What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, I've had a bit of time to leech off my peers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 nah, but uh, in all seriousness, I, I'm a firm believer that um, the entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial spirit in South Africans is mm. is is a beautiful trait that, as a people, we we tend to to have. Um, you know, regardless of what um, walk of life you've you've gone through, most people at some point in time when you talk to them will have some kind of idea of a business that they would want to implement mm. at some point mm. in their life. And South Africans uh, in general are, are quite um, passionate about pursuing entrepreneurial opportunities where I view there being a large gap is around the issues of the administrative side, the the finance, and on the side of uh, registering a company and so on. Having a business, a lot of people view having an idea that you uh, technically can start looking at 
taking from uh, the the production through to the point of where you can s- uh, start selling it, they view that as being um, an entrepreneur. Unfortunately, that's only one element of being an entrepreneur. Being mm. an entrepreneur is an incredibly lonely space to be in because yes. often you're the chief cook mm. and the bottle mm. washer all at, yes. you know, all in one go. <laughs> and um, I think that where there is a real need is um, having entrepreneurial uh, incubators such as Mido, for instance. That's one uh, institution which does a lot of good work there mm-hmm. um, where people are given the skills on the side of the, um, the administration, the side of the finance because – Think about it in your own personal capacity. Everybody at some point in their life, and I, I mean, if I use myself as an example, when I got my first job, it mm, was really mm. nerve-wracking trying to figure out, wait, now I've got to pay taxes, so wh- where do I go and now register mm, that? Mm. Uh, I need this thing called a medical aid. Uh, where do I go and find mm. out about that? At that point in time, I was incredibly <coughs> naive, and that's in my personal capacity. Now, at least in your personal capacity, there's still time and, um, you know, you're not getting put under too much pressure by other people. But in, in the game of business, quite regularly, you are under constraints. Yes. So I think that if we had to put people in a better position to be able to um, handle a business as a whole, mm. they would have a higher likelihood of success. So I would invest that money into incubators, uh, education mm-hmm. uh, programs and yes. so on yes. to at least put people in a position <coughs> that they can succeed. Mm. Then all they have to really worry about is the the technical side of Same, the business yes. once they've got the foundation. But unfortunately, my view is too often we get straight to the technical and the foundational Same phase phase. is where we stumble. Mm. Um, I think for me, uh, if ever I was a pre- uh, the financial minister, uh-huh. um, I think what I, what what would I do? I think for me, it's mainly invest in businesses. Mm. Um, I believe in 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 businesses. I believe in education. Um, cause I believe we still need to educate, um, you know, um, the people and the country yes, as, yes. as a whole. But, uh, I mean, but, uh, maybe right now, the, the, maybe let, 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 let me take a different spin. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, the, the yesterday, is it yesterday or is it today? The, um, turning appropriation of, of land, land mm. uh, without compensation, <laughs> um, <laughs> has been adapted. Yes. You know, um, what does, what does that mean to you, Brennan? For, for me, it's um, there's the social element and the commercial slash business element of it. The social element, something needs to be done to um, put right what's gone wrong in the past. past yes. we, we, we need to start moving towards a more inclusive society. My fear is on the without compensation side, and the reason for that fear is we've just said that we need to attract foreign direct investment. And if we erode the value of property rights to the point mm. that people mm. feel like they can't mm. trust it, then an investment is no longer an investment. If you don't know, uh, if you aren't sure whether you're going to get your asset out at the end, it's mm. not an investment. That's called a gamble. That's putting down the chips mm. and rolling mm. the ball at the wheel here at Monte Casino. Mm. So unfortunately, um, although the, the uh, I agree with the expropriation part of it, I think we should be very careful on the without compensation. We must yeah. see what we can do Still, there. Yeah. Um, but I agree in, in, in the, the bigger picture. I agree with the, the why we want to do it. Mm. I just have reservations around the how because of what it could do to business within mm. South Africa. My, my, my concern, my, my brother, is on the how side. How it's been done. That is the most important part. Mm. And, and, and I said, 
our country is still bleeding at the moment. So how this thing should, should be done, should be done professional in a way that it unites people, it makes people understand why it is being done, especially now. You, you, you understand? We have seen so, so many matches, so many toy toying, so many people being killed, you know, people fighting white, black and stuff like, like that. The importance of this thing should be on the how part, how it's been done, what has been promoted there. You understand? As long as they are doing it in the right way, not promoting their political agendas and destroying the country, that is going to be the, a good thing. They should be uniting. They should be taking back the land, but uniting the, the people of South Africa. And that's how beneficial this can be to, towards all South Africans. I agree. So you think we're not united with this? No, at the moment, moment I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put it out there bluntly. <laughs> Most of, of us are not united, my brother. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There's still those people who are saying white people this, black people this, or white people feeling scared about black people needing the, the land. It's only a matter of Things that has been ro- done wrong in, in the past, as you, you said, they are correcting them. But the most important thing is how are they correcting that? You understand? They should be correcting that in a way of uniting us, in a way of making us love each other. We've been seeing people fighting, black and white fighting everywhere. So now they should be focused on land appropriation and yet uniting the country. That's, that's the most important thing. Can I, can I comment on that? Yes. You see, there are two words. Mm. Which plays a very serious psychological impact mm. in the minds of the people who are economists, politicians, business mm. people. Mm. That is the word crisis and catastrophe. Mm. So we label things crisis when our innovative ability mm. get to a summit. And when we get stuck, we begin to decide out of emotions and out of the uh, uh, pleasing the majority mm. and that is the dangerous way to lead so yeah. so you know what 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 you're saying it's it, it's it's so true i want i want to bring in wayne hull um, he's the managing director of Accenture Digital in Africa. Mm. I mean, he's a disruptive global entrepreneurship business leader, mm. focused on building growth businesses in the digital economy, having advised a number of international companies on their digital strategies, product services, and partnerships. So, Wayne, how are you, my brother? Hi, great. Thanks for having me on. No, good, thanks. Uh, when we, we're having an interesting discussion here around um, the, 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 the budget speech um, that, that we're coming from, or maybe before I get to that, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you um, you share that introduction uh, very well. So I look after Accenture Digital for Africa, and uh, we see ourselves as an accelerator in Africa for digital disruption and transformation, ultimately to achieve great degrees of socioeconomic growth and, and just better lives mm-hmm. for citizens. So that's our role. Um, I've uh, I've come from a background of disruption in tech and media, and, and so I understand um, you know what what is happening in the world around platforms, new economies, and sort of the impact of digitalization, and and, and this is very close to my heart. And uh, and from a business point of view, um, unfortunately, I'm not young enough to be a pure digital native, but I do see myself <laughs> as a digital native um, in the context of my experience and the mm. and, and the and the young exciting talent that we have in Accenture. I mean, speaking about about, about digitalization, um, 
uh, Wayne. I mean, the president has made a commitment to establish a digital industrial revolution commission. What does this essentially, uh, what does this entail, and what are your views on this? So, so firstly, I think, you know, amongst many great messages that we've all been listening to and experiencing in South Africa over the last few weeks, I mean, you know, this is definitely for us one of them. If you have a look at other developing economies or emerging economies, the collaboration between the government and private enterprise to deal with the opportunity and challenges and digitization has been an enormous positive aspect of of countries uh, becoming leaders in the digitization age faster than not. And so by you know by announcing this commission, it's a, you know for us it's a statement of tent. Firstly, to put digital in the center of socioeconomic growth, which I think is very exciting. Secondly, it, it sets the tone around the fact that government and private enterprise need to co-create to be able to create an environment that's good for citizens, good for government, good for private enterprise, and good for entrepreneurship. And I think the third the third thing is is that you know we all know that digitization will bring a level of opportunity and will bring some challenges. And I think this commission is reflecting a conscious understanding of that and that it wants to tackle it. I think those three things are all good. So, I mean, what role is Accenture playing to ensure digitalization of systems or companies in SA is taking place? So, so firstly, we see, our, we see our role in, I think, in maybe three different ways. So firstly, um, if you have a look at where South Africa is, around the digitization relative to its global peers, um, South Africa is, is a laggard. So it's lagging in digital adoption. Um, if you have a look at companies in South Africa, I think only 5% from our research are classified as digital leaders relative to their global peers. And in other countries, it's almost at 25%. Also with regards to that 5%, only a very small percentage, one or two percent, has seen a real, a real return. So there's definitely a need to accelerate the, you know, the movement towards new business models, new services, new citizen engagement around digital. So firstly, we see our role to move South Africa from a laggard position to a leadership position, and and to really have a positive impact on socioeconomic growth. So we see ourselves as an accelerator. The second thing we see ourselves is a skill developer. So we want to partner with government, partner with private enterprise, um, and we want to make sure that we are contributing to the development of digital native talent, um, both at a grassroots level as well as a academia level. And then we see our role as Building talent and then obviously also employing that talent as uh, as the digital skills and new digital roles start expanding in the country. So that's the second role. And then the third role, you know, we we are a digital service provider, probably one of Africa's leading digital service providers, and we want to partner with government and partner with clients to be able to deliver new digital solutions, products, services. Um, for those businesses to their clients. And, and that's a very much an economic uh, business um, opportunity for us. Um, as a departing shot, uh, tell us a bit about the Accenture Digital Industry X.0 research. 
So, you know, going back to that socioeconomic message, I mean, there's, there's no doubt if you have a look at how digital has been adopted in emerging countries, you know, this has had a direct contribution to the GDP of the country. And so we see that opportunity. We see that opportunity in terms of South Africa's core industry, commodities, manufacturing, trade, tourism. Um, you know, these industries which are very industrial focused, I mean, the digital opportunity to make them uh, more efficient, more globally competitive, and also to produce new types of services um, is really what industrial X is about. And so we see an opportunity for core industries in South Africa to be more digitized and for those core industries to create an opportunity to positively impact South Africa's GDP. So for people that want to see more of what you do and what Accenture is about, where can they get hold of you? Uh, you can uh, you can come and find me on my Twitter feed at Waynehold underscore hold. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can call Accenture South Africa. And between myself and Accenture's executive team, all of us focused on digital, you know, will be super responsive. No, definitely. No, I'm really hoping that we'll get an opportunity to have you in studio one time to actually have this discussion further in detail. Yeah, I would, I would love that. So let's plan for that. And, um, you know, this is this is both a business and a personal imperative for all of us. So I'd be very keen to engage. Okay. Um, that was Mr. Wayne Hall from Accenture. Uh, gentlemen, for people that want to get hold of you as we close off quickly, where can they get hold of you? The easiest place to get hold of us is at our website, which is... 21stcentury.co.za but that is the numbers 21stcentury.co.za okay. and all our contact information is there my brother uh, Twitter is Naughty Nice uh, Facebook is Mr. Malulegase and Naughty Malulega mm-hmm. yes oh, okay my brother uh, Twitter is PST Moraga and Facebook is PST Moraga and LinkedIn is Opera Moraga oh okay that's all that we had for you uh, today this is you know, um, a show that, that I love just that unfortunately things, uh, you run out of time, especially when you're having a good time, uh, with the guests, but I'll get an opportunity of actually bringing them back, um, to studio for us to actually have a lengthy and more discussion when it comes to other issues of business. Catch us again next time for another exciting episode of 360 Biz next week, right here on Cliff Central. If ever you've just tuned in, you missed out on an amazing show, you can always download the Cliff Central app. Or you can even go to www.cliffcentral and go to podcast to actually catch the show. My name is Deborah Homer 40 and I'm out. 360 Biz on cliffcentral.com. This is cliffcentral.com.